Hey there, listeners. Welcome to Horror Movie Club, the show where two dudes who aren't quite nerds but not quite noobs choose a horror movie each week to rate and review. I'm Ashvin. I've got Brian on the phone with me. And today we're going to be reviewing the 2008 horror film Quarantine, directed by John Eric Dowdle and starring Jennifer Carpenter, Jay Hernandez, and Columbus Short. And it's the story of a news crew that gets quarantined in a residential building that comes under attack of a strange virus. Uh, this movie is a remake of the Spanish film Wreck, and I chose this one just because of the relevancy of the title. Uh, Brian, had you seen this before? I had not seen this. No, I I saw Wreck, but I never saw this. How about you? Oh, man, yeah, I saw, I saw this uh, like when it came out. And I remember being a huge fan. Uh, I, I hear Wreck is like supposed to be way better. Uh, did Did you like Wreck? I liked Wreck a lot, and uh, yeah, yeah. Not to spoil my review, but I felt Wreck was superior to this. Yeah, pretty. pretty uh, it sounds like it's pretty similar, just kind of up until the end. Uh, like, did you feel like it was a, a screen by screen, uh, like a mirror of this? You know, it's been so long since I saw Wreck. I probably saw Wreck in like 2010, I guess. Yeah. And I just, I feel like I was. I don't know. I don't remember it that well. I remember thinking it was really scary and good, but I couldn't remember much about it. And then I was reading on the plot and it was like beat for beat, the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. It, right. And I read some reviews online that were like, this is nearly a shot for shot remake. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's kind of the feeling I have. I, th- I think the ending is supposed to be a little bit different, Right. but I, I think this film kind of put wreck on uh, the radar for a lot of people who might not have known about it, even though it came out like a, a year before this one. Right. Right, yeah, and that was what uh, Paco Plaza, one of the directors, said himself. Like, hey, it made people aware of of Wreck, who wouldn't have known about it otherwise. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then that one of the other direct the uh, Wreck was directed by two two dudes, Paco Plaza and oh boy, Juanme Balaguerro. Yeah. And that dude was like, that you know, this is a bad movie. Why would you watch this movie instead <laughs> of our movie? Yeah. They, you know, subtitles, man. You can't, yeah. Can't it's so crazy to me that, I mean, it, it makes sense, but it's also so pointless. Like, yeah. a year later to make the same movie yeah. with the only difference essentially being that characters are speaking English. That's, yeah, that's pretty lame. It's, it uh, is lame. But but that's what Hollywood does, right? I mean, they did that with The Ring. Uh, didn't we see a movie recently where they were making a Hollywood version of it? The t- Terrified or Terrifier? Yep, um, yeah, Terrified yeah. is going to be remade. I think Guillermo del Toro is doing that. Yeah. And I mean, it, it makes sense. People don't go to the theaters to see subtitled movies, except, you know, Parasite was a great exception. Sure. But, and the people who make the original film, a tiny film, get a lot of money, you know, so. Yeah. It makes yeah. sense, and it's there's no real victim, if unless you're one of those people who, are, who think that the remake ruins the original, um, which I don't think is possible, but. Yeah. It's just kind of weird, you know? Yeah, it is. And there might be victims depending on how you, uh, your, your, your review of this, uh, I mean, if, if, if you don't enjoy the remake, then, uh, you know, that potentially there's some people who are missing out, I think. Right. And some remakes do a good job. Like, um, yeah. the ring I thought was better than Ringu. Yeah. Right. I think we both like that one better. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I agree. Uh, but yeah, this one came out a year, year before, and uh, then the, the U.S. version came out, and yeah, it's only got like about a 58%. And I would have picked the original, but the title of this one just kind of uh, was in my oh, head, yeah. given. Where, yeah. yeah, it fits the vibe. Yeah. And it's it's interesting, too, because people are like, this is like shot for shot the same, but yeah. Rec has like 85, upper 80s on Rotten Tomatoes. 
right? So right. people do universally seem to think Wreck is better, but yeah, yeah. So and, I'd like and, to go back and watch it and be like, what? You there's something about it that you can't put on paper that was superior. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if it's like the the originalness of it or, or anything. But uh, yeah, I imagine there's something more like better acting or I don't know. Yeah, and it's hard too to watch a found footage movie in. 2020 and feel the way you would have felt about a found footage movie in 2008 that's true because uh, like found footage isn't like a huge thing anymore is it like w- are, are they even coming into theaters really it's fading quite a bit I don't yeah I'm sure they're still popping up here and there but I mean the late 2000s early 2010s was quite a boom for right. found footage like paranormal in 2007 Mm-hmm. This in 2008, and this did. I mean, it wasn't crazy, but uh, 41.3 million at the box office. Yeah, on the I remember of people going out and seeing it. Right. Yeah. Um, and like you, you said you did. Right. But um, yeah. we got Cloverfield in 2008. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And this um, dude, John Eric Dowdle, and his brother Drew Dowdle, who co-wrote the script. I mean, they were kind of a bit big part of this trend. They did the Poughkeepsie tapes in 2007, which is on a lot of like top 10 found footage lists. Oh, I don't think I've seen that one. I haven't either. Um, and they did As Above, So Below. Right. That was uh, found footage, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. I just, I, I can't think of a movie in like the last year or two that's been found footage. I feel like that genre might have gone away because yeah, watching this now does feel like it's very, uh, it, it isn't like up to date really. Yeah, one of the most recent examples I can think of was The Visit. Um, mm-hmm. I think that was like 2015, though. Yeah, 2014 or 15. And I want right. to say Taking of Deborah Logan was like 2014, 2015, and then after that, I can't really think of any. Do you think that has to do with the evolution of technology and people aren't like walking around with video cameras anymore? It's more like on your phone or Instagram stories. Uh, is, is that why we're not like seeing a lot of found footage anymore? You know, and that's a good point because I think the found footage stuff has transitioned a little bit into I don't know what you'd call it but like uh, I think those like unfriended movies are like this um, yeah where it's like through someone's screens like computer oh, yeah. or phone or whatever like uh, that movie Searching which oh, right. was a, a thriller but not a horror movie yeah um, so I haven't seen any of those like, I've seen Searching but I haven't seen any of the like more horror themed ones yeah so you think but, social media might be the new found footage? I think so, but it's also just, you know, there are trends and then they fade away, and I think it's just a trend that's fading away. The novelty yeah. is worn off. Yeah, that, that kind of bums me out, because I, I was like a huge fan of found footage. I mean, like with, with Blair Witch and then, yeah, Paranormal Activities, like those are like some of my favorite films. So yeah, kinda... man, I mean, we watched a lot of them. I'm, for listeners who don't know, I always feel like we're repeating ourselves, but 100 episodes in now, you may not have <laughs> heard the thing I think we're repeating. <laughs> But Ashwin and I did this for years before we started the podcast, just calling each other, watching a movie, having a little movie club, horror movie club. And Ash, you were really picking a lot of found footage. (laughs) (laughs) That's like all I did, yeah. Yeah. Oh, but, you know, uh, a a really good recent one, uh, Interior, that's probably like the most recent one that we saw, right? Oh, yeah, but even that, man, I think that was 2014 or 2015. It just didn't necessarily uh, become available until recently, I think. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, you might be right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, speaking of found footage, like, what do you think makes a good found footage film? Because, I mean, it it seems like really easy. You just kind of walk around with the camera and people scream and stuff. But, 
like what is some in, in the ones like that you like like what do you think they do really well versus other ones wow man that's a good question i feel like part of it is that you have to have a decent setup for why it's a found footage movie mm-hmm. um like this yeah. one even like the the gimmick is like a little weak like it's a news reporter who happened to be there right that's right. fine like there's no good reason um like yeah. creep was a little more intriguing like it was some craigslist thing where he was going to come shoot a video for the guy right oh yeah so right. he arrived and it's two, only two people and he's got a video camera yeah yeah and the entire source of the creepiness comes from like one dude i i think to be honest now that i think about it i think what makes a good found footage movie is a limited number of characters because otherwise it just becomes chaos and because you can't see everybody we talked about this in the above as above so below like you can't see people that frequently because the camera's always moving around and it's looking at where the person's going right right so if you've got uh you know let's say in an average movie 80 percent of the of what you're looking at is a person's face like in a found <laughs> footage movie it's probably like 40% of what you're looking at as a person's totally. face. So if you've got 10 characters. Yeah, right. You know, nobody's getting any screen time, so there's not much character development. And I think that's what elevates a found good found footage movie to a good movie instead of just yeah, the hollow shell, like the gimmick. Yeah, yeah, and I think you're right. And and I, I think, too, that, like, part of building the characters and stuff is, like, kind of a longer build-up with, like, a few people so that you're getting into their perspective or their characters uh, before, like, things kind of explode. Uh, and yeah, it, it's interesting because it's it's like it, you're in a point of view position, so it's almost like you're in a video game. But uh, yeah, I, I can see how if you're watching a movie for two hours, you don't want the whole thing to be like just chaos. You kind of want to sit with characters for a while, get to know them, and like have like a sense of dread building up before it pops. Yeah, right. Because like when I think back on my favorites, like Paranormal, Blair Witch, Creep, very small casts. Yeah, yeah. Cloverfield even, like that had a larger cast, but it was still only like four or five main people. Yeah, yeah, right. You need you need their names. Yeah. Um Yeah, I think that makes a big difference for sure. Um, yeah, how well, about you? Did you have a something off on your head when you asked that question? Uh no, on no, I head. I think <laughs> yeah. Uh well I did have a hat on. <laughs> it's, <laughs> hat made I took for it a off. great movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I know. I, I think you, you kind of nailed it. Like, uh, it's it's a really cool way to kind of put you in the character's shoes, but then you you kind of need that time with the characters, and uh, you can't just like immediately jump into the action. I remember there was like an action movie or two that tried this approach too. Um, do you remember that there was like a, a almost like a video game like action movie where you're just like something Hatchet Harry? No, not Hatchet Harry. Um, I don't know. There's some movie that came out a few years ago, and it was you're just like first person point of view going around like killing people the whole time. But huh. it's an interesting premise. I don't. I can't think of what you're thinking of. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of like a a low, un, un, a below the radar release. Uh, I'll I'll find the name. Let you know. All right. Cool. Um. But yeah. So so this has about a 58% uh, review on Rotten Tomatoes. So, uh, not reviews, but decent budget it brought in. Did Did you recognize a lot of the cast here? Uh, I I recognized Greg German from Ally McBeal. Yeah, I know that was so random. Yeah, and from looking like <laughs> Stephen Markley. <laughs> oh, I can see that. <laughs> so yeah. Similar facial structure, yeah. And then uh, I recognized Dennis O'Hare, who you wouldn't think of. You probably didn't recognize him. He was just like the drunk guy. He's not even a big character. Oh, but he's, yeah. He was in, uh, I think he's a frequent uh, 
actor on American Horror Story. Oh, cool. Wow, yeah. that's awesome. But I'm yeah. guessing I know who you recognize based on a show that I know you like. Oh, yeah. Uh, Jennifer Carpenter from Dexter. Yeah. Deborah, yeah. Yeah. She kind of. I think of, she uh, was married to the dude that played Dexter for a while, right? She was. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then there was also uh, an actor in this who is from Silicon Valley. Um, one of the people who lived in, uh, the, like the professor who had that like opera student or whatever. Oh, okay, um, right. He's he's on Silicon Valley, so I don't know, kind of kind of a surprising cast, like some some more well known people. Yeah, um, dude, I, I just have to mention uh, the opening weekend. This was this was uh, number two for its opening weekend. <laughs> yeah, did you yeah. see this <laughs> behind the movie? <laughs> yeah, behind Beverly Hills Chihuahua. Was it the original or part two? I oh maybe it was part two. <laughs> yeah, that's even worse. <laughs> Which I didn't even know that was a movie. I mean, I've, at the time I was probably aware of it. Yeah, no, I, I wasn't aware of that. Have you seen either that or the sequel by any chance? I haven't, but maybe I'll check them out one day. Yeah, maybe a future horror movie club episode. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Beverly Hill Chihuahua. <laughs> that's nuts. Uh, yeah, any other background or uh, anything? Anything jump out of you about the the, the movie? Uh, not really. I've got our Ohio connection from uh, yeah. from our friend Alex, who runs Ooh. the Jukebox Tavern. Awesome. Yeah, let's hear it. Um, okay, so straight from Alex's mouth or fingers on the keyboard, the production designer for Quarantine was acclaimed art director John Gary Steele. His filmography includes American History X, Cruel Intentions, Burlesque, and the cult series Outlander on the Stars Network. On February 7, 2019, he retweeted his support for the city of Sandusky, Ohio, ceasing its observance of Columbus Day, instead making Election Day an observed holiday. The call to action was to retweet to make this happen everywhere, to which Steele responded, please retweet with a thumbs up icon. (laughs) And Alex says the irony is that quarantine was released on Columbus Day weekend. Wow. Oh my God. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, he, uh, weaved, he weaved that together well. He had a couple other connections for this movie, but this was the best one. Yeah, that's a really good one. It goes like full circle. Uh, did uh, did Sandusky end up doing that, getting rid of Columbus Day and making Election Day a holiday? Um, I doubt it. Yeah. But that I'm not like, sure. I don't, I don't know how that goes with like cities and, and states and who, who has say over the holidays. Yeah, that almost seems like it'd be on a national level. But at the same time... I think like, that's coming eventually, that Columbus Day will be no more. I have, yeah, you would think so, just given the way yeah. it's gone. And after yeah. that horror movie you and I are going to make about Columbus Day. Exactly. Probably. That's all right. Yeah. Um, and if you're in the uh, Northeast Ohio area, Jukebox is still doing a beer and wine pickup. Yeah. So uh, jukeboxcle.com if you want to check them out. I'm kind of tempted just to head out to Cleveland, make the five-hour drive. And I know. I want to drive just to see Alex waving at me with gloves and a mask on behind the window. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that'd be worth it. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, well, uh, any anything else before we jump to the plot? No, that's all I got. I'll, I got some more to share later. Okay, fun. Uh, all right, then. Let's uh, take a quick break then. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk about the plot. We'll review the film. We'll hit some of the spoilers. Um, but before we do that, uh, do you mind if we take a quick break? I, I think I left my power drill with the neighbor. Uh, I got to go get it back. Okay, man. Yeah, good luck. All right, call right back.
Hey man, I'm back. Yeah, you got that drill? Yeah, yeah. It's it's really weird though. There's some uh, fleshy bits hang, hanging off at the uh, end of it, so I'm not sure what they were <laughs> doing with it. But I don't know. Should should <laughs> that be okay. Could be anything. Yeah, it could be anything exactly. <laughs> you don't uh, judge or anything. Yeah, I may not uh, even be human. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, uh, you ready to go to the do the plot and uh, talk about some of the spoilers? Yep, let's do the plot thing. All right, cool. Uh, so this movie starts off introducing us to Angela, who is this news reporter played by Jennifer Carpenter, and she and her cameraman are doing some investigative reporting on these firefighters. And we have about like 20 minutes in the opening where it's just some playful banter between her and the firemen. Um, kind of, I think I think this is like kind of character development and setup. Uh, what, what did you think of this whole sequence? This was long. Yeah. I mean, it, it was fine, and I was like, oh, I appreciate that they're developing these characters, but um, I've got more on that later. Sure, yeah, yeah. But I, I don't know, like, you know, going back to, like, what you are saying about good, uh, you know, found footage films, uh, I, I thought this kind of effectively pulled you into, like, her character, at least. I feel like she was, like, really charismatic in this and really kind of carried the the energy, and it, it does drag on for a little bit, but it, it, I don't know, it kind of, like, establishes this relationship between her and the, the firemen. Right, and I appreciated the work that they put in here. Okay, I'll let them know. Nice job. <laughs> <laughs> a, a forever. Send them that letter. Yeah. My friend Brian appreciated the work. <laughs> the hours of work. That you put in 13 years ago on your film. Exactly. <laughs> Hurrah. Uh, so then finally an emergency call comes in. And she accompanies uh, the firemen out to this building, a residential building in L.A., where some neighbors have reported that someone was screaming. And they go into this apartment, and they find this old woman in her apartment. She's covered in blood and kind of making these weird noises, and her mouth is dripping this, like, white foam. And she ends up attacking them and biting this police officer, and then they're able to, someone's finally able to pin her down. Um, what did you think of this, like, first attack scene? Um, it was fine. It didn't wow me, but what do you think? I think it kind of, like, set the stage for, like, the creepiness, the way the apartment was decorated, the sound she was making. Uh, I I thought it was, like, an effective, uh, you know, first scare and, like, kind of letting you know, like, what's what's about to come. I think I was subconsciously more aware of Wreck, like, remembered Wreck better on some level. Yeah. Than I, like, could articulate to myself. Yeah. And I think this all felt really unoriginal to me because of that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. obviously it's unoriginal, but you know, I, <laughs> I, I wasn't wowed. Yeah. I had that same feeling. I mean, I've seen this, but, uh, they, I mean, everyone knows the plot of this and like, you, you're just kind of like waiting for the steps like to happen. Right. Like, you know, it's going to be this play by play sequence pretty much. Right. And here was the f- most frustrating thing about this movie for me. I'll just come right out and say it. Yeah. Everybody knows coming into this movie what it's about. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the majority of the movie is dedicated to the characters finding out what's happening. That's true. When even (laughs) they should know almost immediately what's going on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's in the title, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, didn't they read the title? Yeah, yeah, totally. I I don't know how they missed that. Uh, I don't know, though. Like, I mean, if you put yourselves in their shoes... Like you, I mean, like you're you're going to to this call that you got from like a building, like any other nights, uh, and there's like s- some like crazy old woman. Um, you don't know that that's going to turn into like this huge ordeal where like you're not able to escape, which which we'll get into. 
Right, right. And I know that, like, I'm not saying here at this scene they should have immediately known what was going on, but yeah, at a certain point it got to, like, okay. Yeah. Everybody yeah. gets, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, now I hear you. I'll keep bitching as we go. Continue. <laughs> okay. So at this point, they try to leave the building with the injured officer, but they find that all the doors of the building have been locked and they're barricaded in from the outside. And uh, the building's surrounded by police and no one's allowed in or out of the building. Um, I, I was amazed like how quick this happened, given we're in a, you know, kind of a quarantine today and how long it took to get here. Were you surprised by this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the Trump wasn't president back then. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. This could have gone on for a few more days, potentially. Had a better chance of survival. Um, So, at this point, one of the firefighters who was upstairs, his body falls down and uh, to the third floor, and he dies, uh, or I think he's barely breathing or whatever. And uh, they take that was a good scene. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of like a shock, right? Yeah, nice like jump scare, but it just was a guy splatting onto the floor in the background. Right. Yeah. Which the exact same thing happened in Wreck too. Ah man. Uh, that sucks. It really is like if you just read the plot description, it's almost the same thing, shot for shot. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, so his the the body of the firefighter and the cop are taken into this other room, and all the other residents are told to gather in the lobby and wait there. Which I guess, like knowing what we know today, uh, this is like goes against social distancing, right? Yeah, and you think they could have even pieced that together? Like at a certain point in the movie, they should have been like. Everybody stay away from each other. Yeah, that's the thing. Uh, I, I feel like it wasn't until a little bit later that they figured out that this was some like viral outbreak. Like I, I don't know at this point what what was going through their heads, like what this was. Right. Um, but yeah. Uh, they just pieced together so many little pieces along the way. It's just like, hey, yeah. now we're being closed off and they're telling us we can't come out. Hey, now the CDC van is out there. Like, <laughs> It's just like... yeah. You would get it after a while. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, so exactly. So, so one of these residents uh, who is a vet, uh, he, I think he's the one that starts to kind of put together. He's examining one of the bodies, and he realizes that the symptoms are kind of similar to rabies, and that uh, we see this other woman who's also, like, drilling this white, light, white, white foam from her mouth. Uh, so, so is that what it was? Was this rabies? It was some, like, variant of rabies that moved faster and was worse oh okay it was like and super... could in, yeah i guess yeah. rabies can always infect humans but yeah yeah okay so super rabies super rabies uh, yeah yeah all right so then eventually the cdc does come into the building they attempt to do this autopsy on the bodies and they drill uh, they take a drill and go through their brain because apparently you can only confirm rabies by taking a sample of someone's brain tissue is that was that the logic I meant to uh, look that up to see if it was true. Is there any reason we wouldn't believe it? <laughs> yeah, I have no reason not to believe that except Problem Child. <laughs> Do you remember that Problem movie? Child's? <laughs> yeah, I don't remember the rabies part, though. I feel like he somehow like swaps out his like stepmom-to-be's blood with a dog's blood when they're getting <laughs> blood tests done before their wedding, and it's like oh, and rabies they take, blood. And they take the stepmother away? Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That now you know where she went. I completely forgot about all that until just now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, obviously she went somewhere to get her head drilled into. Right. Uh, that makes sense. Uh, so the CDC, uh, yeah, they, they drill into this guy, but then he wakes up and starts attacking them, and now they're getting infected. So then they get, finally get a hold of one guy from the CDC inside the building, 
and he like kind of lets it on that I guess a day ago or something this dog showed up at a vet and it was infected with this rare type of rabies or whatever and that's why they were like realized they had to put this whole building on lockdown like immediately um did you buy that whole storyline or, or background yeah sure yeah okay so then uh the movie just kind of goes like clockwork like one by one uh people are getting infected and and they're running around attacking each other and the people can't leave the building because they try to they're getting shot by snipers outside and so it just becomes kind of like this madhouse we get like the scene of a rabid dog attacking someone and like eating them up in an elevator uh there's this eight-year-old girl which becomes uh infected and starts attacking people um yeah just it just gets crazy what, what, what do you think of all like all the mayhem going on um some of the mayhem was occasionally interesting enough to for me to enjoy it but um it mm-hmm. kind of was just like the mayhem didn't really escalate it it got repetitive after a while like yeah yeah it was the same thing every time you knew somebody's gonna turn and then they'll attack like yep but y- yeah i kind of feel like uh like it shifted into high gear or like their version of high gear and then it just kind of stayed there and like for for like too long of a time Maybe. Yeah, yeah, it did like transition into a higher gear as the third act approached, but yeah, then it stayed there for a while, and yeah, you were just ready. I was just ready for it to be over at a point. It got tedious to me. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, I I did kind of like how you're still like with the cameraman, and and you're kind of going around, and there's like this handcuffed woman like flailing at you. There's like uh people. It, it kind of gave you gave you like the feeling of being in a haunted house where you're just being chased around the whole building. That uh, scene especially made me feel like a haunted house. They have to like sneak by this woman who's yeah. chained to a ban- banister and there's like one foot between how far her hand can reach and where the wall is. So they have to like <laughs> slowly scooch out of her reach. Yeah. Yeah. Total haunted house move. Yeah. Or there like, were a couple things that, that were cool scenes. Um, yeah. I also really liked, because I feel like found footage almost like took away from this movie um, to some extent, but when he like pounded the woman's face in with the camera oh yeah that was yeah. kind of a cool use yeah i don't think I've, right i don't think i've seen that like in a found footage film before or, like, yeah i don't think i have either yeah that was, that was good use um so yeah finally in in, in towards as we get to the, towards the end of the movie here uh we're just down to angela and her cameraman and they're forced to retreat up into the attic of this building and up there they stumble on some light reading uh they're like some articles around about like <laughs> about like a doomsday cult that had like recently robbed this uh chemical weapons lab and so i I think they're trying to like give backstory here about like what was going on like obviously someone was like trying to like uh get these chemicals for like some kind of attack is that your understanding yeah i think they were like trying to cause the end of the world through this virus right yep um and then the lights cut out and we go into night vision mode, which I, I kind of enjoy this because, like, this is, like, the full, like, green uh, lighting. And I, I thought that kind of added a cool effect. What, what, what did you think of that? Yeah, yeah, it did. Again, the same thing happened in Rex, so. Ah, oh, man. It was right. a little less. The, the, the ending shot of this movie, which is so iconic, was also the ending shot of Rex. Oh, man. Wow, okay. So, yeah. So, at the end, they're, they're in this completely dark room. All we can see is through the, the the night vision, so everything's green. And there's, like, this decaying dude, like, zombie or whatever, walking around this lab. And eventually, he attacks the cameraman, eats him. 
in the last scene is Angela staring into the camera and being dragged away um, and presumably killed. Uh, so that's exactly how Wreck ends. Yep. Yeah. She's like, is this uh, night vision? You don't know where this like enemy ghoul is. And she's like laying on the floor looking into the camera. And then, yeah, she just gets dragged off screen. Same thing. Interesting. I heard in Wreck, though, there's like kind of a spiritual or religious element. Is that true? Yeah. So they have this same like reveal type scene. But what they're stumbling upon is the fact that this was like some sort of demonic possession that was taking hold of people i think oh rather than a virus like caused by a doomsday cult sure sure interesting so yeah just a weird tweak at the end yeah the movie was otherwise exactly the same oh man that's so disappointing yeah all right uh yeah so what do you think worked in this what didn't work what'd you like i think that that, I'll, i'll go back to that backstory mm-hmm So we do get that really long intro scene, and I normally appreciate that. And there's one part of it that, like, stuck out to me where the cameraman is fixing her hair for a shot. Yeah. He's, like, brushing her hair back over her ear, and he just takes, like, a little too long. Yeah. And, like, like, you see her kind of look at him. So it's like, oh, okay, like, he's into her. Yeah, you you kind of imagine some, like, romantic tension there. Right, yep. But that went nowhere. Um her yeah. relationship, her friendly like relationship and flirtatious relationships even with these firefighters. Yeah. went nowhere. One of those firefighters is like gone right away. He gets bit and then he's down for the count until he turns into a zombie. Right. So it was just like it set all of this up not to follow through on any of it. Like yeah. None of that became important for the rest of the movie. Yeah, right. And like my beef also where it, like these characters are just learning more and more about the virus it kind of changes nothing. Like as the viewer, you can already assume it. Um, Mm -hmm. And then as the characters, even it doesn't really change that much of the situation. Like, yeah, they're trapped in a building with zombies, but so every scene is dedicated to moving that aspect of the movie forward instead of character development or plot. So it's just like, what's the point here? What are we moving towards? That's true. Like, I don't know. It was nothing. The stakes were never raised or anything like that. It just became so monotonous. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Like, once the shit kind of hits the fan here, like, the whole movie and character development and, like, even dialogue just, like, falls apart. And uh, and, and then, like, there's so much of the movie left that it's just, like, kind of people screaming or, like, yelling or whatever or, like, running from things. And it builds up, like, any equity that it might have built up front uh, between the characters. And, yeah, that, that's kind of a waste. Yeah, but what what did you think? I know that you enjoy found footage more than I do. I do, but like I think this one kind of made me realize like what makes a good found footage film, and I think it goes back to what you're saying, like fewer casts that you know better, and then pacing that like has a longer build up and like little things happening, and then finally like a big like a uh, you know a few shockers or something. Or this one, it kind of like started very uh, minimal, and then like an hour like forty five minutes into it, like kicks into like this chaos. And then you're just like sitting with like, uh, I actually got like really dizzy with like all the running around that was going on for like a half hour or 40 minutes. Uh, did, did you feel that at all? I did not, but people complain about that with found footage in general. And this one really is a pretty egregious example of that because yeah, they're, they're moving so much in this movie, like yeah. constant running around. Right. right. Um, and yeah. yeah, I think you're right. Like once it gets ramped up, it's just like a lot of action. It's not really yeah. like... 
it's not really escalating or climbing towards anything. It's just like, okay, right. now everything's happening a whole bunch all at once. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And then, I and then they, and then I, I think you, you know, the the the, the efforts to uh, build story uh, as as the movie progresses are kind of futile. Like you're right, the uh, uh, as as they're like talking about the virus, like who cares? Like we know it's like converting people into like this rabid thing. Like, do we really need to know? Like, oh, a dog showed up at a vet like in a day ago or something. Or right. like, it, it means nothing. It changes nothing about the characters' decisions. Like, yeah, yeah, similar to like the doomsday plot or whatever that like was going on in the attic. Like, that didn't really matter. Right, uh, that too. No. Like, it didn't. We didn't know the guy who planned that, and it wasn't even very well foreshadowed. They were just like, yeah. oh yeah, there's a guy upstairs, but he's been gone for months. Like, yeah, exactly. He's from another country or something. Yeah, and so it's just like. This is supposed to be like, oh, no way. But it's like, who cares? Like, <laughs> this means nothing. It, it changes nothing about what you just saw. Like, Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it doesn't like change their strategy or anything or like the way they're acting or like their their hopes or anything. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it doesn't add a lot. Unless, you know, there there's a sequel. So maybe there's a chance that like half of this stuff carries over into that. Um, I, you haven't seen the sequel probably, right? I haven't. And there were two sequels to Wreck, I think. Oh, okay. Damn, and I don't think we are... mentioned it, but Paco Plaza, one of the directors for Rec, did uh, Veronica, too, which we reviewed oh. early on. I wanted to ask you that, because I, I did feel like it had some similar vibes. Uh, so that, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Huh. I, I think we both liked that one a lot, right? Yeah, we did. We really did. Yeah, that was a fun one. Um, uh, what oh. did you... We did not like As Above, So Below, for the most part. Oh, okay. John Eric Dowdle's other one that we reviewed. Sure. Um what did you think about the scares? Uh, you know, I, I thought the effects were pretty good on the people who were infected. Um, mm. But then the scares, I thought, got a little, uh, yeah, they, they got just a little monotonous. Uh, it was just like some dude chasing you. And uh, there were some pop-ups where, or pop-outs which were kind of effective. But uh, for the most part, like, it started to feel a little stale, like, uh, once you got, like, two or three scares in. What about you? I Same, same. And I think another detractor was that it was so dark a, yeah. and the camera was moving so much, B, that you kind of gave up. Like, <laughs> it, it's not like when we talked about in The Invisible Man, the camera's just on empty space and you're like looking for something. Yeah. But you can't even do that in this because you can't see. Yeah, right. So it's either too dark or the camera's moving too fast to focus. So you just kind of have to sit back and wait. Like, right. You just give up. You're just like, okay, yeah. well, when there's something to see, they'll show me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you'll see it like for a second, and then I'll, the, the, this guy will keep like moving the camera around. Right, right. So yeah. it took some of the suspense away for me. Yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, I, th I think that kind of worked to the film's detriment in this one. Yeah, dude. Do you think that found footage started? Because when I think about, and I know I've complained about this on the podcast before. I don't know if it bothers you as much. Like when something is so dark in a horror movie that you just can't see anything for like minutes at a time. Oh yeah. I hate that. Yeah. Do you think that found footage kind of started this? The whole idea of like being in the dark and not being able to see like what's around you. I mean, just the idea. I mean, that's been a part of horror movies for a while, but yeah. To the viewer, where the viewer actually can't see. Because before found yeah. footage, there's really not much of a good reason to make a movie without studio lighting. And I mean, right. I know found footage movies oftentimes still do have studio lighting, but yeah, I there's a built-in so. reason for it in this. And I can't think of any movies like before the year 2000 that were so dark that I was frustrated by it. Right, yeah, yeah. And I don't know how they would have like justified it being so dark unless you were like in that point of view. Uh, yeah. Like, 
So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that probably definitely uh, plays into this genre in a big way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah you, you, it bugs me. Yeah, yeah, and and yeah. So so a lot of the action in this one is like it's just hard to track overall, I guess. Uh, right, right. Like, and I mean, I I get darkness being utilized for scares. Like that's that's important and that can work really well. But when the whole movie or like large swaths of the movie are difficult to make out, then that's when it gets frustrating for me. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't notice that darkness so much. For, for me, it was just like, yeah, the camera moving too quick. And like you just see like these monsters for like a second or whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I guess uh, which scene struck you as like being very dark? I, they were so frequent today, I couldn't even mention. But <laughs> I did watch this yeah. during the day in my house, so that oh. that never helps with like glare and stuff. Yeah, 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 sure, sure. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think uh, <laughs> we have a lot of the same thoughts on this. Uh, what do you think the best part of this movie was? I think the acting was really good. Yeah, I thought Jennifer Carpenter did a really good job, at least when she yeah. had the chance to act. Right, right, yeah. and I think everybody did for the most part. Yeah, right, right. And the production value, like, as a whole, it was, like, a high production values movie, but it was just kind of mm, poor choices, I guess. Yeah, sure. In terms of direction and, and even the screenplay, but, it, again, the screenplay is so similar to Wreck. I don't know how one was so much better than the other, so I'm interested to go back and watch that. Yeah, 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 same. I'd like to check that out. Um, yeah, it would have been interesting to see this movie not as like a found footage one, because I, yeah, I think you're right, they could have done a lot more uh, with the lighting, with the buildup of the scares, with the characters. Um, this is, I feel like that kind of handicapped this movie. Yeah. It's too bad. Yeah. All right, well, so how, how many dogs eating people in elevators would you give this one? I would give this only 1.5 dogs eating people in elevators. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I sense. mean, even like... That's lower than I give the Friday the 13th because, like, at least those have some sort of, like, popcorn element. Like, this was a tedious, frustrating watch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely had to, like, pause it and, like, take a hour break or something before I finished it. Yeah. It's never a good sign. Yeah, uh, what about you, man? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I had it at two. But, like, yeah, as, as we've talked about it, I could easily see one and a half, two. But, yeah, I'll, I think I'll stick with two. Um, yeah. But I feel like if I see the original, I'll, I'll totally... Uh, this this uh disrespect this one or lose interest in it right right yeah 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 it'll be interesting to see what you think of that one having seen this first yeah right right we might need a couple of years before we review that one yeah yeah let's put it on the list yeah cool well yeah anything else you want to call out about it that's it all right well then that's it for our discussion on quarantine if you enjoyed this episode please leave us a five-star rating on apple Podcasts. that's going to help other people find our show and we always appreciate it. If you want to join the discussion, you can find our social links on horrormovieclub.com or you can shoot us an email at podcast at horrormovieclub.com. We're going to be announcing next week's movie on Facebook and Twitter in case you want to watch it before the next episode. We also have a Discord server where we're chatting up with some other listeners and other horror fans, so you can find that link on our website. Uh, We also have a Patreon page in case you want to support us. Uh, You can throw some change at us that way. That's at patreon.com slash horrormovieclub. Our logo is by Amy Mae Popart. You can check out her work on Etsy.com. And until next time, if your neighbor or family member is looking a little under the weather, uh, just make sure you stay six feet away from them and keep an electric drill on hand just in case. 